Hey guys, welcome back to Coffee with a Shot of Cynicism. Gilmore Girls is the coffee and we're the shot of cynicism. So true. I'm Eleni. And I'm Jeffrey. And today we are going to be discussing episodes four and five of season one. Yes. Um, before that, Jeffrey had something you wanted to say, share? Yes, it Since was. Since last time I ranted about my Game of Thrones. Yeah, hopefully you're all still following us after that, after that dual rant that we had about uh, hating popular things. Relax. Um, we don't hate popular things. We just hate Game of Thrones. That's, yes, that's <laughs> no, true. No, joking. Um, so it was a, quite a while ago now. Um, it's, it's been a while since we've re- since we recorded the last episode. But oh yeah, just a note: I'm back in the same city as Jeffrey. Yes, so that's why we might sound closer together this so time. So fun! I'm back. I'm so happy. Yay! She's she's not. But anyway, I am. <laughs> You're so rude. Um, so it was a, like about a mu- at least a month ago now. Um, it was a Saturday, and I was running around doing a bunch of errands, and I was supposed to be going to work in the evening. So like I had a bunch of things to get done in a short window of time, and I purposely didn't give myself enough time. I slept in too late, and then I was running around for the whole afternoon. Anyway, so my last stop before so all of this is your fault. Yes, yeah, so pretty much, say. pretty much. So my last stop was at Dollarama, and now at Dollarama they have these like reusable green. Yeah, the reusable bags. Yeah, which is good. So like before I went into the pharmacy, before I went into the dollar store, I was like, okay, I'll grab a, ba- a green bag from the car because we have we have a bunch of them in the car and very environmentally conscious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I came. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna rush. It'll just be faster to use the bag instead of like taking a basket or a cart. So like I'm using the bag and I'm like putting all of my the things that I'm getting like that I need on my list. I was putting into the into the reusable green sack mm-hmm. and I'm walking around like I'm lo- looking for one last thing running like walking through the store frantically and then this like guy I'm, who I've now my mom now told me is the owner of the store okay. um, but at the time it, at the time he didn't look like he didn't look like the owner of the store he, he just looked like a disgruntled employee so it comes to like I'm literally like pacing through the store looking for one last thing and he comes out to me and he's like um, you can't put your things in the green bag it has to go in a basket stop this has happened to my grandmother too yeah <laughs> because there's a language barrier with my grandmother she did not get it <laughs> yeah go and I was like I you know I'm, my patience was gone like I was like this is my last stop I have to go to work after this I'm so done I have no more patience and so, like, obviously, I just I just said like, okay, but I didn't do anything because I was like, one last thing. As soon as he as soon as he finished talking to me, I found one last thing, and then I went to the cash. So like, I wasn't I wasn't going at a basket because I was done. But in my head, as soon as he started saying like, oh, you know, you, you you can't you can't put things in in the bag. It has to go in a basket. My first thought, the first thought that came to mind was a quote, a line from Gilmore Girls. I'm pretty sure it's from season three. The I will be the judge of that. It's from season three. It's from the da- it's from the dance marathon episode. Episode twelve. Yes. Um, and it's when I think what, what's her name? Anyway, it's it's what's her yeah. Name? It's we're not starting so off hot today. It's it's like they're they're standing. It's like they're they're in the little they're in Miss Patty's dance studio and they're standing next to the the sandwich table that Mrs. Kim has prepared. Those gross. Yeah. Egg hard sandwiches and so i'm pretty sure it's rory and dean and jess and jess's blonde, blonde girlfriend shane that's her name and so when this guy when this guy in dollarama said to me oh you know you can't use the bath you can't use you can't put stuff in a bag has to go in a basket the first thing that came to mind was who are you bobby brady get a life <laughs> yeah i don't think we gave shane enough credit probably not but we'll get to that when we get to season three yeah, but basically you're just having a bad day. Yes, and for those who don't get the reference, because not everyone understands what you mean by who are you, Bobby Brady, that's a reference to an episode of The Brady Bunch where um, one of the kids, Bobby, was like a hall monitor or something, and he was like, had, and he had to like so annoying. think on all of his friends, and so like he, be, and he got really into it, and he became like, no, no one wanted to hang out with him anymore because yeah. he was a tattletale. Basically, he went on a power trip. Yes. Yeah. Um, just because you brought up the Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch is an awkward concept. Very, yes. Uh, I was, but I was, I was very much into it when I was younger. My oh, it's still a yeah, very entertaining show. My aunt, my aunt got me all the DVDs, um, so I was like the only like millennial who had the, the Brady Bunch DVDs, and that was all I watched. You know, everyone else was watching SpongeBob. I was watching the Brady Bunch. Don't knock SpongeBob. I'm just saying. SpongeBob I, is amazing. Everyone else was watching that. I was watching the Brady Bunch, and I watched it backwards and forwards. So yeah. I got the reference right away when she says, who are you, Bobby Brady? Get a life. But not only was it an odd concept, because doesn't Bobby 
end up with what's her face? No, am I thinking of something else? Probably, probably because I think because <laughs> well because that was the thing because the Brady Bunch only ran for five seasons. Yeah, but then they had like a Brady Bunch variety show. Yeah, so that okay. was the thing. So the Brady Bunch ran for oh, five simpler times <laughs> for, for five seasons. I think from 1969 till 1974. I mm-hmm. think, and then it. It wasn't. It wasn't really popular during its original run, but then it became re- super popular in syndicated reruns. Of course. So once it became more popular in reruns, the net, the network was like, "Oh crap, we should you know hold on to this popularity." And so then they came out with a few other shows. There was like the Brady Kids, which was a Saturday morning cartoon. Right. Then there was the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. Yeah. So it was the '70s version of a revival, basically. Pretty much, and I'm yeah. pretty sure that TV Guide named. The Brady Bunch Variety Hour, one of the worst shows of all time. I believe it. So, and the Brady Bunch Variety Hour is also referenced in episode of season three, which we'll get to soon soon enough. Right. So basically what you're saying is that you woke up late. Pretty much. You were annoyed. Yep. And you took it out on the owner of the (laughs) horn. 100%. I mean, all I said was okay, and I walked away, but in my head I was like, go to hell i have no no more patience uh it's happened to my grandmother too at the dollar store my grandmother just piles first of all the thing you should know about like i don't want to say all immigrant grandmothers but at least greek immigrant grandmothers um they love the dollar store oh yes it's like their candy store (laughs) and um things that they don't need will end up in a bag probably yeah my grandmother once i took her to the dollar store and she was just getting some things for her uh trip to greece and she ended up racking up a bill of $106 mm, that's at good. the dollar store. <laughs> Let me just repeat. The dollar store. Well, um, my, that's nothing for my mom, so. Sorry, Deborah. <laughs> um, that's okay. But, yeah, she ended up racking up a bill of $106. And when the lady told her the number, she was, like, looking at me. And I'm like, and I said it in Greek, you know. And she's like, no, no, I understand. I'm like, what did I buy? And I'm like, that's, uh, that's between you and God. Like, I don't want to get involved. Like, every time we go to the dollar store, it's a whole big hoopla. That's so funny. Yeah, $106 at the dollar store. But you're right. Moral of the story is I woke up late. and yes, I, it's I, your I, fault. I took, it was my fault. But at the time, I was bitter and impatient. So, so rude. that's what came. That quote so is... Rude to the Dollarama yeah, employee. That quote is what came Slash to owner. mind. That quote is what came to mind. So. All right. Shall we dive into episode episode four, season one? Episode four, season one, called Deer Hunters. Oh boy, yes. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind with this episode, which is, uh, um, as fans will know, is the one where Rory gets hit by a deer. And she, she didn't, yeah, she didn't hit the deer. The deer hit her, yeah, guys. She, she, she didn't hit a deer. A deer hit her. Which is true. Nobody believed her, but we saw it with no, our two eyes. No, it was true. The, the deer ran into her car, not vice versa. Can I just say, because I spent... Um, 13 months in a province in Atlantic Canada where moose and deer are like the norm. Yeah. This happens. <laughs> <laughs> moose and deer, not very smart. No, they're not. But also, like, we kind of fucked up their environment, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. We put a road in the middle of our home, guys. It's, it's our fault. <laughs> it's our fault. But yeah, they'll just uh, wander onto the middle of the road. And it's up to you to avoid them. Pretty much. Which is why they're in Atlantic Canada and rural and more rural areas, they'll put like you know caution caution moose. With, with a moose picture yeah and they'll say like over over like 80 meters and you're like 80 meters more like 412 kilometers <laughs> but anyways um yeah so this is a common thing exactly especially and i mean it doesn't it doesn't strike me as strange in a place like stars hollow which is like no. in, which is like for all intents and purposes pretty much in the middle of nowhere yeah but to be mm, fiction play fictional. the other side yeah number one but also, she was in Hartford at this point. Yeah. Uh, and I never understood the road that they chose to shoot that scene on. It's like a random stop sign in the middle of the forest. And we never see it again. It's the never. only time we ever see it. The only time we have. Well, to be fair, it's the only time Rory ever drives to school, I think. Yeah, so. Um, okay, so getting back, the reason Rory drove to school is because she was late for a test. Yes, and may I, pre- may I preface that by saying these Gilmore girls really do not know how to use alarm clocks, basically because... Uh, yeah. Lorelai. This is the second time yeah. in four episodes <laughs> that someone's woke up late. Lorelai also slept through her fuzzy alarm clock in the second episode. In the second episode when Rory's first day of Chilton. Yes. Basically. So, um, I, I also think this episode in particular, because it's only the fourth episode of the whole show, mm-hmm. it gives like particular insight into how different Lorelai and Rory's lifestyle 
is in comparison to like maybe more upper class people like at Chilton. Yeah. I think it's also showing that like, you know, upper class people in certain contexts are snobs. Yeah, well that was made evident when Lorelai goes to the parent teacher yes. conference and everyone's talking about like AP classes and tests and like what do we do to get our kids into the Ivy Leagues? And Lorelai's like, Can I come to the test? Yeah, and then everyone's, <laughs> everyone's like What's exciting about a test? Yeah, and then she, I think they're like, "Who the hell's?" I'm like, "Who the hell is she?" And she's like, "Oh, must yeah. be must be a scholarship student." Like, which that's, is by the worst thing ever. That's like, so rude. Oh my god, yeah. Like, what the fuck? And of course, you know, but Lorelai made it made it better by dating the teacher. So okay, well, we didn't get there yet. Calm down. Okay. It's the first time we well since you brought it up. It's the first time we meet Max. Right. Um, Max, for those of you who don't remember, is Lorelai's boyfriend, but also Rory's English teacher. Yes. And in this episode, Rory gets a D. Right. It's never happened to Rory before. Yeah. She's super sad. <laughs> um, and Max is trying to be all nice, saying, you know, you're, you're, you'll catch up, no, no, no. And then Lorelai discovers that Rory got a D. Yeah, and so she has to run home yeah. and comfort her. But, like, I think by that point, it's already too late. And I remember when I first... Yeah, because the grade <laughs> is in. Yeah, I think <laughs> by, when, I, when I was first watching it, I didn't, like... It wasn't that the, that didn't resonate with me, but it's only, like, since I've grown up more since watching the show. It's, mm -hmm. like, for the first time, it's, like... I understand why she's, like, so crushed and just gets a D when she's, like, so used to... You know the the amount of work she puts into on a base level is like always good enough for at mm -hmm. least an A or, an A or an A minus, and all of a sudden it's like she's getting a D. And like, I find maybe like in terms of you know the BuzzFeed culture of articles that are like you know things about Gilmore Girls that are unrealistic or like privilege or blah blah blah. It's like okay, I understand maybe from a different standpoint, getting a D and getting upset about it is like you know first world problems maybe. Yeah. But on the other but, hand, when you're you but know who hasn't? Sorry, between me and you, like. You've for sure been upset about a grade before. Oh yeah, it's like and I've I'm just thinking from the, the 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 transition period from elementary school to high school. Where in elementary school I was like a great student, yeah. and then I get to high school, my first ever math exam. True story, you guys, forty five percent. Yeah, and I avoided my mother like the plague. But my mother, ugh, I'm an idiot because my mother had access to my grades yeah. online. <laughs> like, what did I think was gonna happen? Yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for her to bring it up first, <laughs> basically. <laughs> But I was so upset. Yeah, for me, yeah. it wasn't so much from high, wasn't so much from elementary school to high school. For me, it was like high school to college, where I was like in college, it was like, oh, um, I'm studying something that I enjoy and that I've picked. Like I should be getting. Oh I yeah, I should, I should be great at this. I should be perfect at this, and it was like I, you know, I had I like convinced myself that everything had to be perfect, and it was like if I got, if I remember if I got like under eighty on an essay, I would like be legitimately upset. Have you gotten to this point in university yet, where you're like? Where somebody gives you back an essay, and you're like a B minus. That's amazing. Pretty <laughs> like, much. Do you not give a shit anymore? No, pretty much. It's not that I don't give a shit. No, sorry. Let me rephrase that because your mother's listening. Uh, <laughs> it's because you get to a certain point in university, and I remember my first year of university. I was always like, oh my god, I'm putting in so much effort. Why isn't it translating to my grades? Oh, and yeah. then my second year, my second semester, even I was more. First of all, I took one less class, which really helped. And second of all, you're just like, listen, I put so much effort into this, and a B minus is not that bad, yeah. considering like where I've come from, whatever. And I think as soon as you get into that mindset, it's not that you care less, it's just that it affects you less. Exactly. Because you know you're putting in the work. And like you said, first of all, problems, it isn't the end of the world, no. right? But Rory's still young. She's yeah. in high school, and she wants to go to Harvard. Yeah. I had a very similar experience to what you just said. It was more like, once I got to university, it was like... I didn't really realize, A, the extent to which that I, you know, I dedicated unhealthy amounts of myself mm -hmm. to school, to school, school work, yeah. but, like, it was also that I didn't even realize, like, how hard on myself I was or how, like, how much, like, you know, how pretty much just unhealthy parts that I was giving to school work in that I didn't even realize it took way too much of my energy to write an essay, yeah. and then it was like, if I don't get this grade, I'm going to have a breakdown. It's right. like, it took me a very long time to, like you know bring like kind of separate myself from that being and, and then kind of like look at myself in the in the rearview mirror and be like that is very unhealthy mm -hmm. and why was it why well, why, look, why was i you're like you're telling that? me breakdown unhealthy rory had a freaking breakdown exactly and while i was watching that breakdown it was very difficult for me to watch it because i'm like i've been there yeah I, I, listen, I haven't snapped at people in class, although in first grade I got into a fist fight. Um, probably not due to grades, never mind. But um, 
there has definitely been times, thank God I'm out of school, by the way, but there have definitely been times where I was like in my room, couldn't get an essay, like, like didn't know what my thesis was, but kept typing and like you have a like mini breakdown. Yeah. And um, it's just sad that like school brings that about where, um, you know, Lorelai says at one point when she's talking to Headmaster Charlton, Charleston, um, you know, Rory never has a breakdown. Rory never snaps. Like, she never makes a scene, whatever. And it's like, it's sad that school brings you to that point. Yeah. And I feel like more and more people are relating to that these days. I think that's the first world problems of it. It's like... Yeah. It's like... Oh, for sure. The first world problem is that school in North America, shall we say, creates uh, too much pressure for kids. I was reading a stat that said, like, Almost half of millennials experience burnout every day. Yeah, that I, should not be the case. I saw guys. I saw that article. Like that should not that should not happen. I mean, once you read the article, it's like clear to see like why that happens and like what is what has led us to that point. But it, and it's kind of too late to go back and fix of course, it. Of course, yeah. But at the same time, it's like if we don't, you know, eliminate these unhealthy, you know, thought patterns mm-hmm. or unhealthy ways ways of studying, it's like it's not going to get better for future generations. So maybe work on that. Yeah. But the thing is, do you think it's more pressure that you put on yourself or do you think it's pressure that your parents put on you? I'm talking in general. Mm-hmm. Um, or is it a mixture of both? Or I think it it, it's definitely both. Yeah. Cause like for, like for example, not to generalize, but I do know that I had a few Asian friends in high school and like one of them, like she could not get under an 80 or else like she w- couldn't go home and right. it was like i don't think she'd i don't i mean i, I won't i won't say because i don't know for sure but i don't think it was necessarily like an abusive situation but no, it was but like but it was like you could not face your parents if you got under an 80 and i was and i was like that to me i never i can never relate to because if i if i did if i did po- obviously like i would have to always show my grades to my parents but like mm-hmm. if i did poorly on something like i would obviously be ashamed of me in, in a certain way but like yeah, but there's but, a difference between being ashamed and being super scared. Exactly. And, like, I was never scared. My mom, like, I showed my, my, my mom would be like, what happened? And I would yeah. say, what happened? And I'm like, okay, what, what are we going to do to fix it? But see, that's a great way to handle it, you know, because the way that Laurel I handled it, she wasn't upset at her daughter. No. She was more like, okay, well, we got a test on Friday. We're going to study. And she stayed up all night with her to study. My thing growing up was my parents were divorced. So my mom was always a super hard ass. Yeah. And my dad was like the fun parent kind of thing because we only saw him on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So like obviously you don't want to spend your whole time with your kids being this downer parent. Yeah. Which is very unfair to my mother. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> but that's such, that's such a like a divorced family trope. Where right? Like, yeah. There's always one parent that gets the most fun and there's another parent that has to deal with all the bullshit. In my case, it was my mom. Sorry, mom. Again. Um, but so that created a dynamic in my house where I was always scared to show my mother my grades and I would always wait until the weekend until I saw my dad to show him my grades mm. because he was more like, okay, well, he was more like Lorelai in the sense like next time we'll fix it and we'll do better and this yeah. and that. He was more understanding. It's not that my mom wasn't understanding. It was just that she also had a lot in her mind. She was working six days a week. She was a single mom, whatever. So I get why she was less fun. But I was always terrified of my mother. Yeah. And I remember that 45%. The first time I got that 45%, that famous 45% that I'll never forget. Um, when my mom saw it, she called my dad and she told him, she's like, did she tell you and you didn't tell me? Or I think something like that. And he was like, no, I didn't know. And then my mom, when I came home, she's, she she kind of switched at that point. She was like, well, what happened? Like, yeah. what? And I was like, see, this is a great way to handle that. Because now I don't want to be scared. Like, I don't, wanna, I don't ever want to have to be scared to go yeah. and tell my parents something. Especially as something as trivial. Like, let's be honest, it's trivial compared to, like, big life things. Yeah. As a great. You know but I also I mean? think you're... St- Math is not my thing, no. by the way, guys. <laughs> but, I've also, but I also think that whole story you, you just told kind of, like is an example of the pressure that is created somewhere somewhere in, in a mixture of you know parents and students because like how many years has, has it been for you since grade seven and you still remember a 45 percent right grade. So it's like all this time later you still remember that grade it's like yeah. oh my gosh i was like that you know, you know what's funny i told my mom about that story recently i don't know why we were talking about we we're talking about high school with my sister-in-law and i go to my mom i was like remember when i got that 45 percent in high school she's like uh, vaguely. Yeah, my mom but does the exact yeah. same thing. Oh, like, I remember that. That still sticks with me to this day. And my mom's like, vaguely. So, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. guys, your grades, 
And it's like it's like super. It's like it's like an illusion for me. It's like an illusion. It's like an illusion dies when it's like for you in your head. It's like it was like this for your like this for your whole life, and then like all of a sudden you're an oh my adult. God, it was the end of the yeah, world. Yeah, and all right? of, and all of a sudden you're an adult, and it's like everyone else is like, who cares? I don't care. Do you care? But it's Can like, I just tell you how trivial this was. Though? Yeah. My my high school, we had four semesters. Um, well, yeah, we had four semesters. Uh, Christmas exams and June exams mm-hmm. and our June exams counted for 50% of our final grade of the whole year yeah our Christmas exams varied from 20 to 25% and then the rest of that 25% was split into the four semesters yeah so that exam um, that whole semester of math by the way they ease you into it only counted for 3% of my final grade oh boy and that exam <laughs> counted for like 20% of that 3%. Like I said, I'm not good at math. But do the math, that grade was not that important. No. And you like, know what I mean? Like, like when you're in grade 7, you have no perception of that. No. You, know? just, you get a just, bad grade and you're like, oh my god, it's the end of the world. My mom's going to kill me. Yeah. And I think it's more like maybe like like a mix of parents, parents, teacher, and student. Because like, yeah. from, at least for me, it was like I grew up and it was like, I got to a point where I was like, okay... I'm still, tr- I'm still like working overtime to please someone other than myself. Yeah. But it's like the person who I'm trying to please doesn't exist anymore. So exactly. it's like so for me, it was like a realization. Like I got to a point where it was like, okay, um, I've probably internalized the opinions of others for yeah, too long, for sure. and I've I've internalized what other people asked of me for mm-hmm. too long. And it's now it's like, okay, um, I'm an adult. I'm my own person. We don't have to be doing doing this anymore we, we don't have to be working overtime to please the voices in your head like that's well, just that's what work. i think lorelei was getting at at the end of the episode when um marie is ultimately not allowed to take her test because she was late mm-hmm. and they both end up having a breakdown and then lorelei um comes to rory with this like is harvard your dream or is harvard my dream like am i the one that's been pushing this dream on you yeah and like i don't want to push you to the point where you have a breakdown every day you know which i think is a great it was a great talk between mother and daughter, you know. Yeah. And Rory ultimately tells her, like, no, no, it's my dream. I will catch up. Like, don't worry. I want this. You yeah. Know? I, think that, that, I think she says, like, I'm not ready to give up on children yet. No, she, of course not. she was saying, like... But she goes, I reserve the right to change my mind. Yeah. and like, Which is great, by the way. Yeah, because Laura yeah. was saying, like if, this is, like, if this is too much, we like, you can stop. Like, yeah, you I don't can want, go I, back to your regular school yeah. and be happy. She goes, I want you to be happy. And I think... I don't know if in high school I ever felt that, like that way where I was just like am I pleasing my mom my grandparents whatever it is or am I doing this for myself you know because yeah. I hated math I don't think kids know that and though I don't, no, I don't, I don't think so I don't think kids have that sense like at least until you're an, a somewhat of an adult I don't think yeah. kids have that sense of who am I doing this for because yeah. like because you're because for like I don't think I don't think you, you kids have the ability or are given the tools to build an identity yeah. until they're an adult because they they spend all that because they're they they're wired and they're they're just they're raised mm-hmm. more or less in some for most in most times they're raised to please someone else they're, yeah, play, they're someone else or something else it's yeah. not like it only gets to, to a point where you're an adult and old and old and quote mature enough to make your own decisions where it's like okay who am I doing this for, myself or someone else? The only time in high school I ever, like, had that dilemma was when in secondary five, so for anyone who's not Canadian... Grade 11? 12. 12? It's your last year of high school. No, because... Okay, hang on. We're in, we're in the lovely province of Quebec in Canada, where high school for us is grades 7 through 11. Okay, so here's the breakdown. This is what I always tell people. There's no middle school. There's five years of high school. We have two years of CGIP and three years of university. Yeah. In the end, it all adds up to the same amount of credits. But it's a little freaking complicated when you're trying to explain it to other people. Yeah, so everywhere else is like high school's grades 9 through 12. Yes, and middle school from 7 to 8. Yeah. But we skip middle school we go from sixth grade to let's say like freshman year or whatever yeah and we don't have grade 12 no we have five well no well we have five years of high school basically yeah so in my last year of high school before going to cgip which is the two years before university yeah i just call it college so people know what there i'm talking go, about <laughs> <laughs> um by the way cgip is unique to quebec thanks quebec we've La Belle Province. um yeah we had a choice in our last year of um high school to either go into the more like um sciencey field with like physics chemistry and like advanced math yeah or you can go the route of more like human humanities which is like you still have to do math obviously but at a lesser level 
and then you have you had like journalism history and some other stuff um and that, i think that was the first time where i was like all my high school career i was like shit i'm not good at math and like yeah. i was always taught that i needed to be good at math because those were where the good jobs were you know like my grandparents always told me that and my yeah. brother was really good at math and physics and um chemistry shout out perry getting his phd in physics still <laughs> making me seem like a shit uh, <laughs> but um so you had to pick and it was the first time where i was really like i'm gonna be miserable yeah first of all i did not have the math grade but i could have like made it up like but i was like i'm gonna be miserable if i go that route and yeah. so i went the humanities route and it was the first time where i was really like i'm doing this for me because i know i'm gonna be miserable and i don't want to be miserable yeah and it was me saying like okay maybe the good jobs are in the math the sciences whatever but like if i'm going to be miserable do i really want that job anyways yeah and um you know everyone was really understanding they knew it wasn't my strong suit they, i think it helped they saw me struggle for it well it helped like it it showed that i was trying and i just wasn't getting it kind of mm -hmm. thing but you know yeah it was for, hard. <laughs> for me like like when i hear stories like that or similar stories to what you just said mm -hmm. it's like it reminds me i like how lucky i was because it was like i know other people kind of either grow up in like you know different ethnic backgrounds with different you know expectations or just like bigger families because i like i was an only child so like i didn't have like i didn't have you know someone else who was good at this and to be compared to it was like i was just it was just, it was just me mm -hmm. you know my parents always said both my parents always said like i don't care what other kids are doing i care about you yeah my mom so, was big on that too um sh like it was like as soon as like i was never good at math or science like it was and it was the background for many breakdowns in the past because yep. just like i like i'm obsessed with there. yeah like i've always been obsessed with being perfect so it was yeah. like if i wasn't perfect even if i wasn't perfect at something i wasn't good at it was like not good enough for me like i'm like i can't function you know yeah. so like when my like my both my parents could see that and it was like from the time like from grade seven or grade eight it was like it's okay you're good at writing you're good yeah, at you're reading good at i'm exactly. good at other things like you can pursue that like just hold on to that and mm -hmm. like so i was always encouraged to do that because they saw i wasn't good at which is great i wasn't good at math so like it wasn't it wasn't like oh you're not good at math well learn it because that's what that, that's what the job yeah, so that's like. the thing the difference between those your parents and those parents whose kids are like scared to go tell them is mm -hmm. probably those parents I'm not a parent, I don't know. <laughs> but probably those parents were like, no, like, learn math. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's where it is. That's where the jobs are. That's yeah. where, like, you know, you can be a doctor. And that's a, bit, that. that's a bit more conservative. Yeah, for sure. But whatever. Um, so Rory's heartbreak, Rory's heartbreak, Rory's breakdown was heartbreaking <laughs> for me. Um, Lorelai's breakdown, less cute. And yeah. I think it comes back to what we were saying a couple of weeks ago. She's so young. Like Especially, good thing you brought that up, because, like, I don't think... Uh, yes, young and little, like, I, I, I've said before, like, Lorelai is consistently emotionally immature for the entire show. Yeah. So, like, I think at... My bad, I got an email. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point in the sh like at this point in four episodes in you kind of you're, you're already getting a glimpse into the fact that like okay her daughter is starting a new fancy private school like they have to borrow money from her parents like it's, it's like it's like her a lot of getting along with her parents yeah, like when a, she never could you know like a lot of work is going into this hat like this this schooling happening it's like how many mothers would just all of a sudden start dating a teacher oh my like God. you know like that to me kind of st stood out this time as i was watching it because it yeah. was like I understand like i'm not judging i'm not judging her for dating him or going out with a teacher like you know whatever but um it's in terms of like you know maybe uh like conservative parental tone it's like maybe don't date the teacher and ruin your like mess up your daughter's chances of whatever yeah. at the school because it's like if lorelei fucks something up then like rory's fucked up too well that's what happened when max came so Moving from episode four to episode five, which is Cinnamon's Wake, which we'll get to why it's so hilarious um, in a minute. But Max convinces Lorelai to go on a date with him. Right. Um, and they meet in a coffee shop first to kind of discuss it. And Lorelai's, Lorelai's saying all her concerns, you know, like, Rory just started a new school. She's behind. Like, she's not getting along with her peers. I don't want to date her teacher and mess it up. Yeah. Which was very immature of her, by the way. But she was still considering it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not only did she consider it, it happened. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing is, very mature of her to say. Um, and very, I think she was very aware of what the situation is. But at yeah. the same time, she's 32. She's never dated. No. And that's the thing, too. Like, that's interesting because it's like, 
there like at least in the first few episodes of the show, there's always mentions that like Lorelai didn't date. Like it was, kind of, it's kind of left out to the imagination because it's like sometimes they like a few a few people a few people say like you know you didn't date when your daughter was young. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think Suki said that. But like, well, they have a conversation in yeah. this episode where Lorelai and Suki are in Luke's diner, mm-hmm. and Lorelai is like, you know, I met this wonderful guy, and you know, it's Max, and um, she even says it would be great to get you know, and Suki's like, what? I don't know. Yeah, she's like, he knows. Get laid, by the way, is what she's trying to yeah. say. So I get, I always got the impression that she didn't date much. Yeah, I and I yeah, I got I got that impression, but I also I don't know, I can't nothing come no, no examples spring to mind, but like I also I've also kind of gotten implications that like she might not have dated, but she might have like you know seen people without Rory knowing. Yeah, because it's kind of said later later on in the show and the other seasons that she's like she's mentioned here and there that she went on a couple of dates in this yeah. and that. But, but like Rory, was, Rory was never actively involved. No, of course not. But I think it's really mature of her to say like I don't want to bring some guy home. Yeah. And then my kid gets attached. Especially it's her teacher. Yeah. And then, but at the same time, this is where I think Lorelai being young comes in because she's like, I never really dated and I'm 32 and here's a guy that's interested in me and I'm interested in him and I do want to go out and she wants to be a little selfish, you know, but she does have a conversation with Rory and she's like, if there's, you know, there's plenty of other guys out there and if it makes you uncomfortable and I don't know, I think Rory was really, really nice to tell her like, you know, do your thing. (laughs) Yeah, I think Rory also recognizes though that like her mother, her mother didn't do much. When yeah, she was growing up. but that also comes back to bite them both in the ass later in the season, and we will get to that. Don't say it yet. It's still nice. Okay, it's so still beautiful. We will now jump into episode five as yeah. we were just discussing. So this one is called Cinnamon, Cinnamon's Wake. Cinnamon's Wake, and, and I was telling Jeffrey right before we jumped into this that this is the the season. This is the episode in season one that I've seen the most. Okay, and I can't tell you why. I think it's because it's so quirky. For me, it's the the, the first time. Like we're five episodes in. I love. I like the show. It's it's good. But I think it's the first time that like um, jokes are starting to make more sense. The cast is really flowing together. Um, the dialogue is getting more quirky, and it's really establishing itself as like a, a good comedy one hour show that I can watch. Yeah. As I wrote in my notes, I said Cinnamon's Wake is probably the moment where Gilmore Girls' quirky, charming weirdness is solidified because like everyone in town attending a cat's wake like only in stars hollow yeah like yeah you know and, and once you, and once you've like gone back and rewatched and you've already you already know what happens later it's like only in stars hollow only. like like that's like th- like only. this but like this episode is the first is the first in the show i think where you kind of get that glimpse into yeah. this quirky. this is how quirky this town is gonna yeah. be from now on you so know? because it's pre um like festivals because later on in the show we get like every season has its own festival kind of thing and we we get that it's a quirky town but this is the first time that it's like explicitly shown to us. Yeah. This is gonna be a freaking quirky town. Should I should I say the name of the song that's gonna be stuck in your head? No. Okay. Because then it'll be stuck in my head. Okay. We won't say it. I'm sure. I'm sure you. I'm sure you can probably infer which Bad one. Bad Jeffrey. Okay. I've had a spray bottle I'd spray you right now. Um, but I just love how the three outsiders of Stars Hollow. So in this case was um, Michelle, Emily, and Max. Every time they hear that it's Cinnamon's Wake, like it's a cat. Yes. They're all like, what the fuck, as guys? A, as Emily said, and I quote, hold on, I'm looking up aneurysm in our medical dictionary to see if I just had one, when Lorelai tells her she's going to a cat's wake instead of her cousin Claudia's funeral, and Lorelai points out that she just, she didn't know who Claudia was. Yeah, didn't and know I can Claudia. also relate to this, because I was telling Jeffrey before that my grandmother someone sometimes hits me with this. Oh, George died. First of all, I'm Greek. Who's George? There's like 12 of them. Oh. And then second of all, do I know him? <laughs> do I know George? Come on, guys. Come on. You don't she's know like, George. Claudia. She keeps repeating it. And Laura's like, I'm hearing the name. I have no <laughs> idea who you're talking about. What did about. she say? Like your grandfather's sister? It's your grandfather's... Sister. No, it's your father's grandmother's sister's girl. Who's that? What is that? What the fuck is that? <laughs> I was trying to trace it to my family tree. Like, see who the equivalent would be. I lost track. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't go to that funeral. Come on, would you go to that funeral? No. Stop. I feel bad going to funerals with people I don't know. Like, you know, the other time I've ever done it is, like, out of respect for, the, like, I've known the person. Well, there's a difference. If I don't know the person that passed away, but I know, like, let's say their daughter or whatever, it is, yeah. I do it for that person. Exactly. You know, I want to be there for that person. Who the fuck is Claudia? <laughs> My God. Go away. <laughs> Especially since Richard was on va- not vacation. He was on a business trip. Yeah. He wasn't even going to be there. Yeah, exactly. Get out of 
out of here, Emily. Fuck. <laughs> Claudia. So in preparation. Rest in peace, Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> so in preparation for um, recording these episodes about season one, I found a BuzzFeed article. Oh, from do t- tell. From 2014, already five years ago, and it was from when Netflix first uh, acquired the rights to all seven seasons. Thank you, Netflix. Yes, and so um, the title of the article is 293 Thoughts I Had While Watching Gilmore Girls for the First Time, and so it's one writer, and he chronicles... Um, is he watching season one? Yeah, or? it's only okay. season... So the article... All two, all 293 thoughts are all from... The season one. Season one. Okay. So anytime I've needed a little refresher or someone else's thoughts on something so I don't feel biased, I look to this article. And so for episode five... Yeah, my insane thoughts are right on top of Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We agree on a lot. Um, But one one quote that I copied down because um, it is very true, at least even for me, it's very true. Mm -hmm. Um, He wrote, Lorelai's coffee addiction is my religious identification. Okay. Which I don't, which I guess I can't relate to because I don't drink coffee, but what the fuck, I just thought it was funny because it was like, you know, I know a lot of people who are like Lorelai and it's like coffee, 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 and yeah, she just, gets three coffees. I just coffees. worked with one, yeah. In terms of anything else that he, he also writes um, the best lines of each episode, mm. and as I mentioned for episode five, it was, hold on, I'm looking up aneurysm in our medical dictionary to see if I just had one. Yeah. Um, Mine was um, when she's explaining to Michelle what they're like because michelle comes to babette's house to bring her something right from work and she, she's he, michelle's like oh you're having a party and Lorelai's like no honey it's a wake it's <laughs> like oh shit who died and she's like their cat and he's just looking at yeah. her like you're kidding cats they lick their prizes <laughs> which like, is yeah. ironic considering we jump forward i don't know how many seasons and michelle is throwing a goddamn fit over his dogs dying okay valid one dog dying one died one dog valid Pets dying. Seven. Pets. Pets dying is traumatic. It's just it's just as real as a human dying. Yeah. However, he was a whiny little twat in that episode. Okay, listen. It shows his growth. Okay. Yeah. But okay. But if we look, if we compare him in season one to judging a cat's wake, to then, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, my cats are gross. I'm sorry, my dog dying came an inconvenient time for you. Oh, fuck off, Michelle. Like no one cares. Go away. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that later. But I have a different <laughs> opinion on that because I can't imagine my dog dying. Bosley? Yes, true. I, I acknowledge that... D- you can follow Bosley on Instagram, by the way. <laughs> oh. In episode five, this writer claims that he, he has officially started singing the theme song at this point. So apparently it takes him, took him, in particular, five episodes to learn the theme song. I, I don't, don't think I've ever sang the theme song. I don't recall... Maybe when I was binge-watching. Yeah, I don't... Like, obviously, I know, the, I, know, I know all the words by heart now. I don't recall yeah. how long it took me to learn, th- to learn it when I was watching for the first time. You know what? You know, before Netflix had a skip intro. Yeah. And I would just let the credits go and, I'm, and I'd hum it. But I don't think I've ever. Carol King, not your best song. <laughs> oh my God. It's funny how Eleni is saying that she's never sung the theme song because. I have. No. Okay. Well, it's funny how. I object. She, okay. That's not what I said. It's funny how she said whatever she said about the theme song because when we were first planning out this podcast for our intro oh song. She wanted us to hum the theme song. Or no, she wanted us to whistle I wanted it. us to whistle. No, this is, this is hilarious. I blame this on not me not sleeping for a very long time because I wanted us to whistle the theme song, but I said, oh, by the way, Jeffrey, I don't know how to whistle. Yeah, I was like, what the hell is wrong with you? So then what the fuck are we doing, basically? <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I wasn't sleeping then. You can't blame me. Yes, true. I think episode five is also, based on the pictures in this article, I think episode five is also... The episode where Rory's on the bus and Dean and gets, Dean jumps on. Dean, yeah. ju- Dean, jump, Dean jumps on, and um, I know Eleni has co- conflicting feelings. No, okay, so you know what I wrote in my notes? I wrote Dean and Rory heating up, Max and Lorelai heating up. <laughs> yeah. Because it was the episode where um, so Max comes to pick up Lorelai, and also Dean um, tells Rory that, "Hey, I know I've been bugging you. I'm sorry. I'll stop now. It's just because I thought you were interested." And she's like, "No, no, I'm interested." She's just awkward and she doesn't know how to tell him, right? Yeah. Um, so I had a thought also. You know how people always say that Dean was like the perfect first boyfriend for Rory? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Max is the equivalent for Lorelai. Okay. Because assuming that Lorelai, um, yes, dated but never had like a stable boyfriend after Christopher, I think like he was the perfect guy at that point in her life. Yeah. Um, we'll get to everything else later. But I think at that point in her life, 
you know, she was a 16-year-old girl who had a toddler, uh, who had a child, and then, like, she grew up, didn't really grow up, whatever it is. She needed a stabilizing force in her life. Mm-hmm. A guy with a good job, because Christopher could never get a fucking job. True. A guy who was mature enough, smart enough to keep up with her. A guy who treated her kid really well, you know, because Christopher was never there for her and her kid. And I think that's what really, um, yeah, I just think that that was the perfect guy for Lorelai um, at that point. Yeah, I will say, I agree, and I agree, I, but I will say that when I, I do remember when I watched it for the first time, I didn't really, I didn't really see the chemistry between Max and Lorelai, like, I just didn't, like, I just didn't get it, and then at the end of the season, when, when, whenever they got engaged, whenever that happens, we'll get to that, we'll get to that later in more, in more detail. <laughs> um, but when they, when that happened, I was like, what? Because I shouldn't see it, like, I shouldn't, I just shouldn't foresee it being that kind of relationship. Well, here's the thing. When they got engaged, and we'll get into this more, when they got engaged, I remember thinking, like, he's all in. He loves her and whatever. For sure. She is... Commitment phobic. Number one. But she, it's not that she doesn't love him, I think she loves him, but I think in her mind she's only saying yes to marrying him because she's like, yeah, why wouldn't I want this, you know? Like, I have a kid, I'll have a husband, maybe I'll have another, like, in her mind she's kind of thinking, this is what I should want. Yeah, but I think I think Lorelai goes through a lot a lot of those similar stages where she's like, "This is working out. Why am I self sabotaging?" And I I think oh yeah, she goes through that all the time. And I think that's like just she goes through that to the point where like I want to shake her sometimes, and I'm like, "Bitch, everything's fine." Yeah, and that's like, why are you second guessing yourself? Because she's emotionally immature and. Being commitment phobic goes right goes along with being emotionally mature. Like she, in ter- like in the early in the early seasons, Lorelai reminds me of Penny from The Big Bang Theory. In those in the early seasons of that show, when like any time something got serious for Penny, it was like, oh okay, um, thank you, uh, I'm gonna go to bed now. And it was like she yeah. could not handle any kind of attachment. Hey, excuse me, you forget that when Penny moved to LA and she was like first meeting. We're getting off so off topic right now. But she was only 22 or 23? 20. I think she's 22, I think. So. Yeah, in the beginning, for sure. Give her some credit. Were you emotionally stable at 22? No, I am 22. Exactly. So, So are you emotionally stable? No. But. I can also say no. (laughs) For myself, I mean. Yeah, but I mean. Yeah, I understand. In terms of. Yeah, Penny and Lorelai are different. But I think, like, in terms of just, like, if we examine commitment phobia hmm. in these two in these two instances that I've brought up like I think it goes along with just being emotionally mature and it has to do with age I don't think you're emo- like maybe Lorelai is a little more emotionally mature yeah, because of her situation being 32 and having a job and having a kid and having a house and being emotionally immature and Penny who's renting an apartment working at the Cheesecake Factory trying to be a waitress uh, a waitress an actress yeah there's a difference. And might I just mention, since we already since we already went off topic, might I just say that a big turnoff for me with the Big Bang Theory was that, like, around season seven of that show, they all of a sudden just decided, okay, Penny's not work, Penny's not going to be a waitress anymore. She's quitting to be an actress. And then, like, a few episodes later, all of a sudden, she's a farm, ph- she's a pharmaceutical rep, and her acting career is over. And then we don't talk about her acting career for the last four and a half seasons of the show. Oh, see, that's not what I. Mm-hmm. See, when Penny stopped being an actress for me, that was when... Why are we talking about this? Anyways, when Penny stopped being an actress for me, for me, that was um, her saying, like, this was a childhood dream that I have, and I'm mature enough now to realize that maybe that's not what I want. Yeah. Maybe I'm not good enough. Like, it was her growing for me. What really pissed me off about the Big Bang Theory, just because we're on this, they made two women who did not want to have kids have fucking kids at the end. Pretty much. Bernadette never wanted kids. Nope. You saddled her with two. Pretty much. Penny and Leonard had a whole season where they were struggling with, do we have kids or don't we? And Penny was like, I don't want kids. And Leonard was like, all right. And then fucking Penny's pregnant. Can you just leave women not have kids if they don't want kids? Yeah. All I have to say about that is that... um, Why does every story only become complete when they're pregnant and have a baby? Yeah. What I have to say about that is in um, in terms of the Big Bang Theory's popularity... Um, it was somewhat hijacked by the same demographic that um, uh, appeals to friends in that, um, you know, shall I just say, heterosexuals ruin everything. That's that's, that's the end. It's true. It's true. I can say it. It's true. Yeah. But uh, whatever. We went off on a really big tangent. It was relevant. But. But again, R.I.P. Claudia, whoever that was. <laughs> Sorry, Claudia. At this point, you've died like, what, 
18 years ago? Pretty much. Ciao, Claudia. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Any other thoughts on this episode? The thing that I noted when I was like, yes, writers, is like, <laughs> <laughs> Dean and Max are both pursuing Lorelai and Rory. Yeah. But at one point, they say, like, clearly she's not interested. I'm backing off. Yeah. Which is so refreshing. True. Especially for its time. 2001. Yeah. I feel yeah. like that's very refreshing. Because I feel like we're getting a lot of storylines, both in, mu- in music, in movies and in television, where they're like, oh, we're just going to pursue the girl until she falls for me. Yeah. And bo- in this episode, both Max and Dean are like, listen, Max goes, Lorelai, if you don't want to do this, I'm not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. Let's leave it. And she's like, no, no, I do want to go to dinner. I just had this stupid cat's wake, which, again, <laughs> terrible excuse. Stop getting emails. <laughs> okay, sorry. And then uh, Dean was like, hey, I know I've been bugging you for a little bit. But I thought it's because you were interesting and we were just having fun, but I'll back off now. And she's like, no, no, I am interested. Contrast that with Tristan, who keeps fucking bothering her and calling her Mary. And she's like, fucking leave me alone. Yeah. Fuck you, Tristan. It's funny because I I, I hate, I didn't like Tristan. I don't think anybody likes Tristan. Yeah. But. Mm, I think when you're younger, you're like, oh my God, Tristan. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And like. Tell Michael Murray. <laughs> yeah, like he, he does have an undeniable charm. But on the other hand, it's like. Now that I'm older, I'm like, you're a fucking Yeah, and like, but like, going back, watching it, like, for, you know, the third or fourth time, Mm -hmm. you kind of like, you you know what happens with with Tristan in the end, so it's like, you you kind of can't help but feel bad for him, at least as it it progresses, so I have a little bit, it's harder for me now to criticize Tristan, but in the beginning, yes, he was a dick. I have more sympathy, yeah, like you said, after you know what happens to him, it's fine. Um, The same thing, I think, goes for Paris. Because you know that Paris is so great afterwards. And because, like, I think I mentioned this before, like, you, like, I think even when I watched it the first time, I didn't, and I didn't know Paris was going to be a, a full-time cast member going yeah, forward. Yeah, I like, thought she was, like, the bully of the school. Yeah, and, but even then, I was like, I see through you. Yeah. Like, you're just... You're a super sca- insecure, yeah. You're, like, you, but, like, her, 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 her shield in front of her insecurity is not even that thick. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can, like, she... It's, like you can pick through it so easily, like 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 even in, in episode four with the, with the deer when she, when when Roy. Oh my god! She, you know, do you remember what she says to her in episode four? She says like, "Oh, what? Why so quiet?" Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that was after she got the D. Yeah. But afterwards, when Laura, when Laura, when Rory is studying for the test, like out on the bench and like the quad. I don't know what I'm saying, by the way. Yeah. At Chilton, she's like starts reciting a sonnet to her, and then she looks at her and she goes, "You're going down." Yeah, and, and I'm I, like. Take it down a notch, Paris. Yeah, and I must admit, I must admit, the I, that bring you saying that brings back a memory I had watching the show for the first time, and I was like, okay, is is this is this is Gilmore Girls gonna go down some like gossip girl path where it's yeah. like where it's like Rory's gonna you know have an eating disorder and kill herself because the girls are. No, it was never school. that kind of show. No, I didn't think it was going yeah. to be, but I was like, yeah. I was like triggered when she went in that. You know scene. what it is with Gilmore Girls? I think like. Because we're talking about the simplicity of season one and how the problems were very much like school and like her money problems and whatever. Um, you know, later on in like the later 2000s, problems got more wild. Because yeah. you brought up Gossip Girl and whatever. Um, Gilmore Girls always kept for me that level of simplicity. Yeah. Even later on, like, okay, she had a problem with school again and she acted out. And Lorelai has a relationship problem with Luke. And, like, she can't decide between... You know, like, it always kept that simple storyline of, like, nothing is too dramatic. You know what I mean? Nobody's killing people, drug overdosing, uh, boyfriend. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's why I loved it so much. Because if I wanted another show with that much drama, there were hundreds of them. Exactly. And it's, it's funny because, for me... In terms of like comfort level and like you know I mean like there's there's a thing of using a television show as com- as quote comfort food mm-hmm. for me that's why I think Gilmore Girls and Friends are kind of similar because like they exist on their own on their own imaginary level where it's like nothing can touch them because they 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 exist in such a bubble of unreality where it's like not it's like this isn't real so it's yeah. like for example friends like is so unrealistic that it's comforting because you know this is because you know that this isn't real and it's like you know these six people could never afford these apartments in new york like like none of rent control yeah like (laughs) like if you pick apart even the simplest of details of friends like it falls apart and i think similar with with gilmore rose i think on a lesser scale Mm -hmm. like start like Stars yeah, it like, maintains some of its reality. Yeah, like I think much more so than friends. Like you've brought, but you've brought up like like that art, that Buzzfeed article about things from Gilmore Girls that are unrealistic or don't make sense. And I remember like one of them, maybe from a different article, was that like 
how did Rory have enough time to wake up in the morning, have breakfast at Luke's, and then still catch the bus to Chilton? It's a show. It's like it's a sh- you know, but it's like <laughs> it's like but it's like the shows that 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 create that illusion that she does have like that that that's real like that like she has enough time to do that. And it's like listen, we- if it was super based in reality, she'd have bags under her eyes all the fucking time. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, but it's like shows that go the extra mile mm-hmm. to you know be unrealistic right before our very eyes it's like that's comforting because like we know this isn't real and we can curl up and live inside this for as long as we need it yeah it's one of those shows that you don't have to pick the stuff apart because you're just like wrapped up in the simplicity of it exactly like it's great i don't need i don't want to and that's their appeal i don't want to look at plot holes fine there's a plot hole whatever i don't give a shit like Like, you know what i mean that's their appeal i love it so i think we can wrap up yes you can follow us on instagram at gilmore girls podcast and on twitter at gilmore podcast um, we also have a blog that is um, at the moment under construction because the other day I was looking at it and I was like, this is ugly as sin and I kind of wiped the page and then started over and so now it's a mess, but it's there. Did we mention Jeffrey's a perfectionist? Oh yes, and, and I think Eleni has also um, credited me as an overachiever, so that's that's accurate too. It is. But you can find said blog at gilmoregirlspodcast.blogspot.com. Eventually it'll be pretty. Not It's not now. Not now. But you can still share your thoughts with us. Yes. Even though it's not pretty. <laughs> uh, that's all this week. Thank you for listening. Bye.